You're listening to Incorporating Superpowers with the Voice of Reason, risk mitigation expert, and former counterintelligence agent, Justin Reckla. Get ready to rip apart the veil as we dismantle old school business and prepare for what comes next. Business will never be the same. Alrighty, folks. You've seen him. You've heard of him. He's been on my show a couple of times. This is one of my longest, longest friends, one of my very first mentors in, in the business space, Dr. David Gruder. And I am, we, we've come together. This is the first time we've actually come together since the loss of one of our mentors, Bernie Dorman. It's actually the first time that we've connected. So I'm just going to throw it out there right up the front. There's a good chance that we're going to be laughing. There's going to be a chance that we're going to be crying. And there's a very high chance that we're going to be cursing as well. So I'm just going to set that framework. Um, Dr. Gruder is one of, uh, he's just brilliant in this space. He's known as America's integrity expert. He's done work that just, just un- unbelievable with, with the man project, with just all sorts of different businesses. He's mentored not only our business, but thousands upon thousands of others and helping them stay in alignment with their purpose and doing things better. And so we, we decided that we need to come back together because 2020 has been kind of crazy. There's all sorts of whatnot going on in the world. And so we're, we're, we're dedicating today's show to the future well beyond 2020. And what does that look like for you as an individual, for you in business, for those that are in service, for the first responders, everybody, we're going to kind of take it all, lump it into a giant ball and we're going to explore it. David, it's good to see you, my friend. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It's always wonderful to see you and to be with you on your show. And of course, we always never know at the beginning what kind of fireworks are going to come out of our conversation. So I'm looking forward to discovering that with you today, too. Absolutely. And this is this is one of the reasons why uh, just conversations is for a little backstory. For those of you who don't know, I got the courage to actually do this podcast because of conversations with David, because it, it he gave me permission to be raw and real in camera and just speak my mind. And it was just, it was beautiful. Right. It started off as, I think we did a couple of Facebook lives right together. Yeah. We got raw and real on certain, on certain, and it's just evolved into this thing. And um, David, I just, I want to thank you because the show is now getting over 74,000 downloads a month. Yes. Um, so, so thank you. Uh, and, and so folks, we're going to, we're going to jump right into this. I want to, I want to go to, I'm going to lay the foundation, right? Okay, here we go. 2020. This, con- this, this converse- conversation around self-dominion keeps coming back into my mind because you take a look out there and there's so many people and it doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on, right? Left, right, Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. It doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on. But at the, at the center of it, there's no self-dominion because everybody's wanting to point fingers at who's doing what and who's doing this and this is doing that. And they're wanting to blame political parties or wanting to play their lot in life. They're, they're, they're wanting to blame it all. And yet you and I know firsthand from, from experience that at the end of the day, change, if we're going to have change beyond 2020, well beyond 2020, is that has to start with us. And it doesn't matter what us looks like. It has to start with the I. So given that as the framework of the conversation, a lot of people would say 2020 has been hell. How do we move forward? What does that look like? Hmm. Right. So I think one of the places we could start is to lay a little groundwork around why it's been hell. Because, uh, you know, there's an old saying in the field of medicine and psychology, which is treatment without diagnosis is malpractice. And <laughs> so let's let's do a little diagnosis about this. Um, and mm-hmm, indeed, I got my notes. And here's what I want to start by by proposing. In the 1800s, there was a debate raging about health that 
as I describe this, you're going to immediately see how it applies to the state of society and the state of self-dominion in specifically as well, in specific as well. And that is the, the, the debate that was raging was between the germ theory and the inner terrain theory. The germ theory held and holds that outside invaders are the boss of our health. And the inner terrain theory holds that, yes, there are outside invaders, but it's the state of our internal climate that determines how susceptible we are or aren't to those things going on around us. And you know, and I know, and I think our viewers know which of those two approaches won that war in the 1800s and are still winning that war. It's the germ theory approach. And so from a diagnostic point of view, what we've got is people, too far too many people who have been brainwashed and programmed into having what we call in, in my home field of psychology an external locus of control, meaning that other people in situations are the boss of me. Uh, so they're, they're doing the psychological equivalent of the germ theory approach. And when COVID hit, not just as, as a germ, but as a social phenomenon, these people with an external locus of control kept looking outside for their savior, for their solution. And as you were talking about a moment ago, uh, depending on their ideology or political orientation, that determined where they looked for those external answers. And all of that, no matter where they looked outside themselves, begs the issue of self-dominion totally begs the issue of self-dominion, our internal terrain. And so what we have is a societal disease of external locus of control, of external locus of power, of external locus of, of um, defining what happiness is, all of those things, external locus of defining what human nature is that has divorced us from our own internal wisdom and our personal experience of higher wisdom that we're a part of. So I think that's our starting place from my perspective. This is good, folks. Stay tuned because when we get back from the break, we're going to widen this rabbit hole even further um, because this right here is, is one of the best ways that I've heard the issues in our society described today. Um, very familiar with it because I've David and I've had multiple conversations around this topic over the last oh eight nine years now, and um, this is this is really you want to change the future well beyond twenty twenty. Stay tuned, but before we go, David, where can people go find more information about you? So the main website of mine is drgruder.com. That's d r g r u d e r dot com. Fantastic, folks. Go take a look at Dr. David Gruder's website. We'll be right back because we're going to widen this rabbit hole even further, and you're not going to want to miss it because it goes deep. Stay oh, tuned. Yeah. We'll be right back. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts, and we want to thank each of you for making Superpower Up the number one podcast network for personal development and spiritual growth. Because people like you have the courage to say that mindfulness, healthy living, disrupting reality, the pursuit of consciousness, responsible entrepreneurship, and radical parenting matter. We now amass over 1 million downloads monthly in more than 90 countries. Our numbers keep growing because there are far more people willing to live divergently than mass media wants to acknowledge. For you, the change makers, the light bearers, the way showers, we say thank you. If you're ready to take the next step in your evolution, go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz. And as Neva Lee Rekla, our youngest podcaster, likes to remind us, remember, we all have superpowers and we can change the world. Welcome back to Incorporating Superpowers. My guest today is my dear friend, Dr. David Ruder. Um, before the break, we were talking about 2020 as a disease and, and, and what it looks like and, and mixed diagnosis and internal structure versus 
germ theory, right? The argument made back in the 1900s that has stuck with us since and has, for all intents purposes, infected our minds because that was a misdiagnosis and it's it spread out into every area and every aspect of our life. And right before the break, we discovered that at the core of this, it begs us to look at the concept of self-dominion. Now, David, before the break, we were talking, we, we identified that's really what everything's pointing to, right? Is here's the solution, self-dominion. But how did we get here as a society? It's one thing to have a concept like germ theory and it's all outside of us get to, but what do you, what would what would you say that allowed us as a society, as individuals? I've got my own thoughts on this, but what would you say? I would imagine that they're probably sharing some sharing some of the same thoughts. What would you say that what what has allowed for that this that there's something outside of ourselves that can impact our happiness? What, how do we get there? I'm going to go right down to the bottom of the rabbit hole since that's what you were inviting. And for me, the, the source of that is the delusion that it's possible to be separated from source. Bam! Mic drop. Just took the words right out of my mouth. Because we believe as a society that we're separate from God. To the point that we've commanded it outside of it, we've ruled it out of our schools, we ruled it out, we've made it illegal, all the, all the things around religion and spirit, because we've made it not tangible, we've made it not acceptable, we made it this rogue thing as something, but I absolutely love it, you nailed it right there. Folks, that's the conversation, thanks, have a nice day. No, it goes so much, it goes so much farther than that, because now that begs the question then, how did that happen? Mm. Where did that, where did that come from to think that we were separate from source, the universe, God, Yahweh, I don't care what you call it, but that separation from spirit, how, how, how did we get here? How did that, how did that happen? Well, I, I don't, I don't know that I, have a definitive answer to that, but what I'm happy to share with you is the creation story that I most resonate with. Please. And, and folks, if you're in business, if you're, you have a family, if you're single, if you're married, this applies to whatever walk of life you're in, whatever belief you're in, this applies across the board. It does. And the, the caveat that I want to offer in the spirit of transparency is that I'm an ordained clergy on top of being a psychologist and all of that stuff. And I may be, in fact, to the best of my knowledge, I am the only person on the planet whose ordination is as interfaith spiritual rabbi. Because I was in the Jewish tradition, but my orientation is absolutely interfaith and spiritual rather than dogmatic. So here's with that. With that as the backdrop, here's my favorite creation story that I resonate with the most. In the beginning, there was God and God's creation, meaning the collective of us, a non-separated state of, of, uh, of, the, of the creation of God. And there was love and bliss and all of those juicy, wonderful, lovely things, uh, eternity rather than time, and et cetera, et cetera. And, and from the midst of all of that came a question that the collective creation of God forgot to laugh at the silliness of. And that question that arose was, I wonder if there's something beyond God. In the moment that that question was asked and the silliness of it was forgotten and the, ser- and the question was taken as a serious question that should be explored, that is, according to this particular creation story, when this universe was created. We started looking around for something that could be beyond God. 
And in this creation story, it wasn't God that created this universe. It was the delusion that separation was possible that created a place that has nothing in common with the attributes of God, which are love, timelessness, changelessness, peace, joy, right? And if you look at a physics level, uh, an astrophysics level, uh, at how this universe functions, there is a lot other than that. There's all kinds of change going on all the time. There's violence going on all the time. You know, stuff is exploding, stuff is colliding. Um, the, the law of relativity is based on, in part on the notion that there is something called time, that, there, that things emerge over, over the course of a period of whatever you want to call that, we call it time. So this universe's operating rules are not identical to God's qualities in this creation story. And what happens in the creation story then is that at some point, we as seemingly separated individuals show up, uh, start emerging on this planet and maybe elsewhere, but in this creation story, it's about this particular planet. And in the emergence of individuals, we go into a state of individual and collective fear because we realize, oh my God, there is something beyond God. We were right. And boy, when God figures out that we've abandoned God, God is going to be pissed as hell. <laughs> so now we're not only believing that we're separated, but now we have to run as far as we can run and hide as well as we can hide in order to avoid the wrath that our delusion of separation is telling us that God will will impose on us when God finally finds us. The last part of the creation story is, meanwhile, back at the ranch, <laughs> nothing has changed. <clears throat> and all that God is aware of in this creation story <clears throat> is described metaphorically as though um, we are a collective child <clears throat> that are with God and we've fallen asleep. And God simply is recognizing that we're writhing in pain and in agony and in fear and in anger. And all God wants us to do is what any loving parent wants to do when a child is having a nightmare, which is to gently wake the child up and say, honey, it's okay. Everything's fine. Love is here. I am here. Nothing has changed. It's okay except that because God gave God's creation free will, God doesn't have the power to unilaterally wake us up. God is happy to awaken us when we take the first step and say, I want to wake up. Yeah. And, and, and I think you just, you, you hit a topic for me that, it, that beautifully shared. I love that story. It, it's, it paints a picture that makes sense, right? Thinking something, thinking that this universe is something different or separate than source, is 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 silly. And I love how you tie in free will to that, and I love how you paint the picture of awakening. Because folks, that concept of self dominion, you can either stay trapped in the dream and what I like to refer to as hell loop, right? Because anything, anytime we're separate from God and we're not doing it from love and we're not putting God first, we get we create our own hell loops. If you don't believe me, take a look at your life. If you have a dr any type of drama that continuously repeats itself, that's hell, right? And the only way that you can wake up from that is to stop it. And the way you can stop it is to find self-dominion and awakening. And that awakening peace means reconnecting with the divine source, spirit, God, the universe. It doesn't matter. And it goes beyond just becoming aware of social norms. It, go, it goes beyond aware of awakening to the fact that bad things are happening in the world, right? It goes beyond that because just to have an awareness of the things that are going on in the world and, and wanting to throw a fit about it versus doing something to change it comes from one place, 
that is from that awakening and connecting with the divine and finding self-dominion in who you are. Um, David, this, this, is, this is a concept that a lot of people are going, um, I thought we were talking about business. I thought this was a business show. Um, <laughs> folks, right. if you're not paying attention, faith, connection, belief, worship, whatever you want to call it, anybody that's got any amount of success that has sustained itself and is still around for any type of period of time, still kicking still living, still doing their work in the world, mm-hmm. has some sort of ounce of faith in something higher than themselves. And if I can piggyback on that, our paradigm, our worldview and our self-view directly, even if subconsciously, dictates how we do business. Absolutely. Simple as that. Absolutely. And that's the thing is, is, you know, they say, you know, don't put, it doesn't matter what religion you're in, right? It's always tells you don't put money first but through this universe that's gotten flipped right and people now get in business to make money yeah you might work for a while yeah you might make some money but you at the center of that you're still there and if the drama's gone if the drama's still there it doesn't matter great you crack the code on create on, on how to create a uh, create a system but what impact are you having how, what good are you putting out in the world? Or are you just selling stuff just to make money, right? And we see too, especially on the due diligence side of the house, we see too many people that are um, giving lip service to wanting to do good. And they're just really about closing the deal, making a sale. And it's, they're not about impact, um, which brings me to the next level of this conversation, right? I think I think it's easy to say for those that ha- are are in self dominion to be able to look upon the world and go you throw a little bit of self dominion. I mean, you throw it into politics. I don't think there's a single person in politics, Trump included, right? Biden included. Not a single one of them about any, any ounce of self dominion because they're slaves to the machine that we've begged them to create, right? So, how do we then go from rioting and looting and protesting and all of the things that we've seen going on in the world and actually creating something that has an impact and changes our society. What does that look like? Where where does that come from? I know the answer. What do you think? Uh, Well, on on the boots on the ground level, as long as we remain in an arrogant posture that says, what I see and the way I've pieced together everything that's going on and what needs to happen in order to improve our lot, improve humanity, improve the world, improve this country. My version of that is the only version that's right and it's right and it's totally complete. And therefore, everyone else's version is wrong and probably evil. As long as I'm living in either or thinking, I am part of the illness, not part of the solution. Yeah, and our good friend and and recent mentor referred to that as collaboration. Yes. Bernie Dorman referred to one of his battle cries was that the original sin was competition. Competition. And what the version of competition, just for those who are listening that aren't familiar with what he meant by that term, he wasn't talking about me being, uh, being my best or, uh, or us having friendly competition like in athletics and uh, supporting each other and in, in each getting better. He wasn't talking about that. He was talking about sociopathic competition, which is the, unfortunately, the reigning version, the most common version of competition, which is that in order for me to have I have to take from you. There's not enough to go around. The, the law of scarcity is allegedly in operation. And so I have to take from you in order for me to have. And that competition virus has been tearing this world apart since time immemorial. And it's basically, you know, a battle over, well, you know, I'm going to make sure God loves me more than God loves you because there's not enough love to go around. So uh, I, I have to steal from you. But, you know, I won't call it stealing. I'll call it 
capitalism, which is, of course, a very dysfunctional and sociopathic definition of what capitalism really is. But I'll call it capitalism anyway. Yeah. And, and it's amazing how our minds can morph those things into being something that they're not. Just like the concept of thinking we're separate from source. Mm-hmm. Uh, competition in, in another term is, is to uh, think duality, right? Think, thinking that there's somebody different than you. I mean, folks, how many people are in business that are uh, doing the same exact thing and they're thriving because they're talking to their people, right? When, when we get into a business situation, when you get into a business situation to where it's, you know, eat all or be eaten, um, it, it becomes, it becomes chaos. It becomes what we see in, in the world today. Um, and it's shifting. This is the beautiful thing. Is it shifting? How do I know it's shifting? Because I've shifted, right? Over the last, David shifted, right? And that's how it, it happens is that there's going to be a shift that occurs. And right now, I'm going to paint the future here. It's always darkest before dawn, right? Yes, unfortunately, that means it's probably going to get worse than before it gets better. But here's the beautiful thing is it always gets better. And the way that does is we have to stop looking at the germ concept, right? And bring that back into internal and go, okay, if it's not this, and I know as hell, sure as hell, I, I, I don't have the, 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 the chutzpah or the know-how to, to, to do this. Well, where's the one place you can turn? Well, one, somebody that's doing it. But two, more importantly, reconnect Mm -hmm. find your purpose this is this is how the change comes you are not a victim to your life unless you choose to be because of the concept of free will absolutely and you know the the old the old saying that shit happens is actually a spelling error that leads to a consciousness error because it's missing a a letter it's missing a single letter Shit happens is wrong. That's delusional. Shift happens is where the action is. Yep. Yep. And we have to be willing to wake up. We have to be willing to take a look at what we've created and realize this ain't working. I'm going to go back to the farm, back to the ranch. (laughs) Right? Without shaming myself. It isn't working. Oops, I made a mistake. I was doing my best. I didn't know what I didn't know. And now I've been bludgeoned into surrender. And so let me look at this again and reevaluate. And an awful lot of people during this time period in the 2020 year uh, are doing an awful lot of soul searching. The problem is that they're doing soul searching without a roadmap to do it. Yep. Yep. This, folks, this right here is, um, th- this is where the, the true change comes is that one, we have to want to, and, and we have to believe that we have the ability to. And here, here's the great thing. One, first and foremost, what, what David just said there, it, that's like a little sneak peek, that's a little golden nugget right there. It's the concept of forgiveness. And it's the practice of forgiveness. It's the integration of forgiveness, not only for yourself, but for those that you surrounded yourself with that, reinforced a reality that you claim not to want to have. (laughs) Have I ever shared with you my definition of forgiveness? Mm, No. What is it? So the, the preface to this is that there are a lot of lovely, juicy definitions of forgiveness out there, and I like a lot of them. So what I'm about to offer is not instead of whatever your or our listeners' favorite definition of forgiveness is. This is an add on. Forgiveness is demonstrating in the present that I'm no longer harmed by the unacceptable that occurred in my past. Folks, that right there is magic. That's right there saying, you know what? I'm good. I got the lessons. And I forgive myself for keeping myself locked up in the torture chamber, in the hell loop, and the reality that said I don't want. And I'm willing to do something different. Now, this begs the question, because this is human, human, processing right yeah but 
I was born into this. Yeah, but my parents. Yeah, but my friends. Yeah, but this. 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 All of those things can be true. Absolutely. At this plane of existence. And the reality that you call, well, that, that, the reality that, that is hell for so many people. So what's one of the first steps that people can take to look beyond the yeah buts? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the first steps is to simply recognize that an ego in search of evidence always finds it. We are story-making machines, and we are very good at where so many of us are susceptible to propaganda and spin and manipulation because our own inner critic is our internal spin doctor. And we've been so used to being uh, treating our inner critic as the final authority rather than a flawed advisor that we just out project that out into the world and everyone else becomes our inner critics. So uh, the starting place is, is to compassionately recognize number one, that we our story inventing machines and just because we invent a story doesn't make it true no matter how many times we repeat it to ourselves and the the second piece is uh is through that to recognize that we are under a spell the first stage in stepping into self-dominion is learning how to spot the spells again because you know, treatment without diagnosis is malpractice. If I don't know what I'm waking up from, how do I wake up from it? And how do I choose something different from that? Yeah, that's, um, takes a lot of courage to be able to step away from a reality that you no longer want, especially when you're surrounded by others that are reinforcing that same reality and that co-creation process that we exist in. And this doesn't matter for um, wherever you're at. I mean, this is, I mean, Napoleon Hill taught this stuff. You know, Bernie taught this stuff. You know, Gregory, all these people, they, this is what this taught is that you will, you become the average of the five people you surround yourself with the most. You don't like your life where it's at. Look at your five closest friends and how are they living their life? If they're living their life exactly like you are, and it's in a manner that is not congruent with what you want, Start by getting some new friends. Start start hanging out somewhere. Have the courage to do something different because that reality does not change unless we are willing to change it and wake it up. So that brings me to the next level of conversation. Um, folks, if you're still with us, thank you. We're, we're talking about looking beyond, well beyond 2020 into the future and what does that look like. And a lot of you are probably, some of you may be listening going, okay, yeah, but you haven't addressed any problems. You haven't, you haven't addressed the, the race issues. You haven't addressed the, the, the political issues. You haven't, uh, you haven't addressed any of the, but well, how does that change? Well, if the change starts with an individual and creating a new reality, it can only be assumed that change within those systems means putting more people that have shifted into those positions so those things can change. It's the, it's the old argument of can the government do it better or can the private industry do it better, right? Well, I think Elon Musk just proved with us going back into space that the private sector can do it better. Well, why? Because it comes down to the individual and you're not having to manage or balance expectations of those that are still asleep. So, so let's look at that a little bit, David. What does, what does that look like, right? Because I'm looking at the political scoreboard here and going, I don't see a whole lot of shift coming right now. I don't see anybody lined up that's going to potentially be in office or heading up this organization or, or this police department. or whatnot. I don't see anybody on the horizon right now that gives me hope. Then how do we change? How do we change those systems? What do we... How do, we, what do, how do we evolve them? Well, I think it starts with a, a different vision. And I think it's, it's just fascinating that right now, as we're, as we're doing this, there's a leaf blower outside that's creating a ruckus. And it's such a perfect metaphor 
for what's going on in society. Here, here you and I are, are uh, trying to and are, are in the process of bringing illumination. And what happens when illumination is being brought? All kinds of noise and interference emerges. And uh, so I, I just love the poetry of that. Um, in terms of, of the political scene, you know, we've got, we've got anywhere somebody lives on the political spectrum, they are going to get chastised by someone. So if they're on the left, they're going to get chastised from, by the right. If uh, they're on the right, they're going to get chastised by the, uh, by the left. If they are centrist, they're going to be chastised by both. And fortunately, uh, well, unfortunately, what most people don't realize is something very fortunate, which is that there is a, another alternative. There's an alternative to being a centrist. Because well, What's that? Well, you see, the version of centrism that's been practiced in government for God knows how long is through something that they call compromise. And compromise is a vastly inferior problem-solving tactic because the best attainable outcome using compromise as the strategy is that all parties walk away from the negotiating table feeling equally ripped off. <laughs> That's it. That's best attainable outcome. Collaboration or synergy is a far superior solution because what synergy requires is that everybody at the negotiating table recognize a both and the the one side of the recognition is i'm seeing parts of a bigger picture more clearly than some other people are because i've delved into those parts and other people are seeing parts of the picture more clearly than i am because they've delved into other parts of the picture that i haven't attended to quite as much so the the humility that's required to step into synergy is uh, a, a real tall order for people who suffer, suffer from what I have long called rightness addiction. I'm right about how you, uh, wrong you are. And what I also call tongue-in-cheek, I've turned that into a, a fake psychological diagnosis that I call paradigm attachment disorder, PAD. And... That attachment is, is poison. It's fatal, actually. And in politics, it's time to step into a both and in order to create truly viable solutions that matter and that work on the ground and that take us into a future long beyond 2020. And it goes back to the issue of self-dominion because my phrase is that what we're called to do is to step into what I call self-sovereignty that serves us all. It's the you know, both and. That right there is, um, <laughs> one, let me just affirm for, for our listeners here, folks, this works. Our entire business model has been built on the concept of synergistic collaboration. We learned it in side CEO space where we're Bernie Dorman, where we were both, we worked with him and he was our mentor. And this, this stuff works and we have to be willing to set ourselves aside, not from a place of compromise, but from a place of how do we both, how do we all get what we want and work together to make it happen? Right. It's like being the, uh, being an entrepreneur. You might have to start off building your own website and doing all the little aspects, right? The chief everything officer, but it's only going to get you so far and it's not going to get you what you really want, right? So you have to bring in somebody here and you have to bring somebody here and you bring in somebody here. And then working in collaboration, you create systems and processes that when a problem does come up, it gets identified and addressed that puts it back in alignment with that system. Mm -hmm. So uh, one, first and foremost, that paradigm, uh, paradigm attachment disorder. Can we, <laughs> can we call, can we call those that suffer from those patties? Yeah. They suffer from Perfect. pad. <laughs> Perfect. 
<laughs> They're patties. Perfect. They're, they got patty syndrome. I love it. So this is, so what then is, that's a great picture of it. So then the question becomes then, if the systems that we have in place are designed to keep us in this duality, right? It's the whole argument of throwing into politics. It's the whole conversation of a third party can never viably win because there's the system is not set up for them to get any type of a, any type any amount of votes from the electoral college because there's no third party electoral college, right? They're just not there. So knowing knowing that how that works, and and I might be I might be off on that exact picture, but you get you get the point of this duality picture, the system is designed to keep us separate, which the conspiracy theorists will be go because that keeps the people in charge, right? That keeps everybody else out here in victimhood. How, how do you combat that? Because my answer has been to hashtag opt out, right? right. Create my own path. So that was the, that was the strategy that Paul Simon of Simon and Garfunkel um, captured in lyrics of a song <clears throat> decades ago. <clears throat> and the lyric was, I can gather all the news I need from the weather report. <laughs> <laughs> Opting Hello. out is, uh, in, in my perspective and in my worldview, opting out is narcissism. Because we are not islands unto ourselves. We are part of a larger whole. We are self-sovereign, or, or well, let's just say we're intended to be, we're designed to be, we're meant to be self-sovereign, and we are meant to be in community with others. We're meant to share the fellowship of God's creation. And the both end of that is what you know that I call free responsibility. Freedom plus responsibility, because freedom without responsibility to the collectives we're a part of, and I'm not talking about socialism here, I'm talking about groups we're a part of. Um, freedom without responsibility is narcissism, and responsibility without freedom is tyranny. Absolutely. And this right here, folks, is at the heart of... Everybody that you've ever seen that, that calls themselves a light worker, a healer, somebody that's a shift worker, what, it doesn't matter what, what wrapping they put it in, right? I mean, it's the whole reason why we created Superpower Experts, experts was to create a platform and a place for those that, that were having trouble finding a voice to get a voice and, mm -hmm. and to illuminate everything that you just said. It's okay if you opt out. But then you have a responsibility to the collective to put in solutions, to do right. things that are better, right? And that's what I mean by opting out is to stop playing the game and create your own. Yes. Opt and out of do the it. system. Don't opt yes. out of society. No, no. Because if you're going to opt out of, a, out of society, you might as well hit the reset button and come back, right? I mean, that, that's that's just kind of way, the way that works. And, and that's only going to get you so far because – the lone wolf through society is not going to make it very far in life. But those that have opted out of the systems and decided, no, I can do better. I want to do better and become part of those things that are better and doing things different is where the change is created because it's going to be within those think tanks. It's going to be in with groups of individuals. It's going to be with people seeing something better going, we can do this better. Yeah, There's a better way of doing it. In, in the work that I do with leaders and change facilitators, one of the things that I stress a lot and that upsets some of those individuals a lot is that I say to them, protesting against keeps the people who are keeping the problem going in charge. That Protesting against has a place because, again, you know, you've got to bring darkness into the light to, to recognize that it's there. So it has its function. But until we are advocating a solution, something better than the problem, we are still part of the problem. Protesting is not enough by a long shot. It's a great tool to help 
start awakening yes. the masses. Yes. Right. But like you said, it, it, it protesting, rioting, looting without a solution just adds to the problem and begs those that are in power that are in charge of those system. It begs them to do it more. Yep. And I also want to add something, if I can, about name calling, because, you know, the name calling is such a, a pandemic today, too. It doesn't and, matter who, doesn't matter who, it's even, it, the president, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Highest level problems. Everyone is calling everyone else names if they have paradigm attachment disorder. I'm right about how wrong you are. So because I'm right about how wrong you are, I am entitled to call you some kind of negative name. So. Um, the, the, the way I want to illuminate it is through metaphor, and it's a metaphor about, about synergy. So if you think of synergy as um, with a, cro- a, um, a, um, a jigsaw puzzle, that's what I was looking for, a jigsaw puzzle. So you've got a jigsaw puzzle, and all the pieces have been put out on the table, and then this metaphor, we're going to pretend that all the pieces came out upside down. So now the first thing we're doing is we're turning all the pieces over. In other words, we're bringing what's in darkness into light. We're bringing what's hidden into illumination. And then the next thing we start doing is start looking at, well, how do these pieces connect with each other? And sure enough, some people, if you're doing, if you've ever done a crossword puzzle with a group of people, some people just by natural inclination, they, they go searching for corners and others, other people go looking for edges and other people go looking for parts of the puzzle, you know, sec- sections of the puzzle. They go looking for, oh, there's a flower in this, this uh, jigsaw puzzle. I want to find all the flower pieces, right? And in, in the polarization that has to do with name calling, what the equivalent in this metaphor would be is if we started going to war with each other and I started accusing the, the, corner, uh, the corner assemblers as, oh, you're a cornerist or the edges, you're an edgist, or the flower uh, people putting together the flower, you're a flowerist. You're, <laughs> you're totally inferior because the part of the puzzle I'm working on is really the only part of the puzzle that's legitimate, true, and that matters. And so I'm entitled to call you a name. That's what we're doing in politics right now. We aren't going below the surface level of postures and positions, which are all frankly bullshit, Postures and positions are cover-ups for core intentions. And when we stay at the level of postures and positions, we butt up against each other. We create war. We create divisiveness. My posture, my position is better than your position. And the position you're taking, it proves that you're a, and then fill in the negative pejorative term. It doesn't matter. Um, and, uh, And on the other hand, if we are humble enough to say to each other, well, what are you wanting, to, uh, intending to accomplish? What's your noble concern or your noble intention underneath your position? And where we help each other dig below and below and below until we get to the bedrock of core intention. If we, when we start building solutions based on combining respective core intentions, magic happens not compromise magic folks there you are there you have it long journey right took us an hour to get here (laughs) and trust me the rabbit hole goes well we went is it we went deep but the rabbit hole is wide Mm-hmm. The rabbit hole goes wide and there's tunnels and there's all sorts of things down there. Oh yeah. So I, I, David, I'm so grateful to have you on the show today. We hit that pillar point of thinking that we are separate from source. We expanded it out, brought it back around and, and showed that the only way that we can get to where we're going is that we have to work in collaboration. We have to opt out of the systems while maintaining our responsibility to the collective. That right there is the definition of integrity, in my opinion, is that when you opt out and you willingly throw yourself back into the fire, 
because you know you're there to shift it, put it out, change it, and bring new things to life, that's integrity. And because who in their right mind would throw themselves back in hell otherwise if not to change it? It's also happiness. Oh, amen. There's lightness of being that happens when we are in the world, but not of the world. Hey, man, folks, as you could probably tell, we could probably go down this rabbit hole, expand it out for eons. David and I love, love, love to chat about these kinds of topics. Um, David, before we, uh, before we sign off, where can people go find you one more time? Again, my main website is drgruder.com. That's D-R-G-R-U-D-E-R.com. Folks, David's got some exciting stuff in the works. And if you are, um, if you're here, if this, res- this conversation resonated with you, reach out, reach out. We're, either one of us will have a conversation with you. If this resonates, I highly recommend Gruder because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for his mentorship. Um, so David, I'm, I'm internally grateful for having the, the opportunity to not only work with you, but to become a friend uh, and to share the magic that was, that was Bernie. Um, you know, what I love about his message was um, we get to carry that forward now. Yes. That's our responsibility to do because otherwise that vision dies out. And I think anybody that's watching this that new Bernie ever part of CEO space um, understands that. And if you don't go back and read the books, go get yourself to another form, go reconnect with Gruder. doesn't matter. Just start doing something different because like Einstein said, definition of insanity is doing the same thing, thinking you're going to get a different result. And that's where we're at in the world. And hopefully we illuminated some solutions for you along this journey of what it looks like well beyond 2020. David, thanks so much for being here today. My pleasure, as always, Justin. Uh, And you're right. We could go on and on and on, and we will in little bits and pieces in in the future. Absolutely. More to come. We're going to be having more of these conversations in the future. Uh, Folks, go check out uh, Dr. Kruger's website. Connect with him. He is absolutely brilliant in this space. Brother, I love you so much. Uh, Best to your wife, and we'll talk soon. I love you too, and, and best to Tonya and Neva as well. Sounds good, brother. Take care. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.